0: Welcome to 4Planet, the hydrogen podcast. My name is Antoine, and I'm currently doing a 10,000-kilometer bike trip through Europe to understand the hydrogen value chain. Okay, so can you just start by presenting yourself?
1: Yes. My name is uh, Jakob Korsgaard. I'm a founder and CEO of Everfuel, a dedicated hydrogen fuel company.
0: Perfect. I have a big question Mm -hmm. let's start large like uh, what are the big challenges in hydrogen today like yeah what are the big challenges
1: the um, I think the biggest challenge on on making hydrogen mobility happen in uh, in Europe um, is actually a a coordination um, between the the vehicle suppliers the fuel suppliers and then the uh, the various governmental institutions setting uh, uh, setting the necessary political targets. Um, the technology is, to a great extent, ready and available. And when produced in high quantities, it will become cheap.
0: Okay, and so the goal is to make business case of it everywhere. And how do you coordinate that?
1: Yeah, so it has to, in, in, in order for hydrogen not just to become... Uh, the technology of the future but a viable business case it has to be a good business case for everybody involved so for the end user driving a fuel cell vehicle for the one supplying the fuel for the one supplying the vehicle and when that is that's the case you treat, you hit this uh, scenario where you can make um repeat business and you can grow your business case um, and in order to do that um, what we're doing why we are focusing on, on on hubs so specific sites where we can make the business cases work so we are all about um, high quantities of hydrogen with a smaller margin because then that moves us into the uh, this the, uh, the segment where we are in direct competition with fossil fuels so we call fossil parity basically the cost per kilometer to drive a vehicle is the same as when you drive hydrogen. So that's where we need to go, and that's what we're constantly pursuing. And it's all about a coordination for each of these sites, Uh, getting the vehicle suppliers, the customers, and us supplying uh, the fuel um, and making that work. The target customers we have are uh, heavy-duty and intensive customers. So these uh, are taxis, it's vans, busses uh, trucks um, an example is the the bus project in uh, in uh, high north close to rotterdam in netherlands where uh, it, i think it's 24 23 busses that will be operational there and um, because of the the hydrogen the they consume and the the way we are setting up uh, our value chain and our hydrogen supply we can basically make uh, a good business case for both ourselves, but also for our customers. And that's a good starting point for something that will hopefully be repeat business. So a success for all parties, and then they will continue. The same with, uh, uh, with taxis. So now in, um, in Denmark, we've had some years of, um, of taxi trials, you can say. So Danish taxi companies operating uh, hydrogen taxis, and now they're basically at the point that they are now ready to scale up. Um, which is really good. So we are uh, we're supporting them with building uh, even more stations to uh, to support their rollout. And then um, what we do, that is unique in Neighborfuel, we take care of the the full value chain of the hydrogen. So all the way from the production of the green hydrogen from electrolyzers or true electrolyzers, high capacity hydrogen distribution and then the efficient operation of the hydrogen stations. And then we can move into the, uh, the fossil parity level.
0: Okay. And so how do you organize that? Like you have one centralized production of hydrogen and after you can spread it to...
1: Yes. yes so the, the way we are thinking about... Uh, well, firstly, hydrogen stations needs to be installed at the best location for our customers. And electrolyzers needs to be installed at the location where you have enough green electricity available. Normally, that means that your electrolyzer and your station are separate from each other. So we are building um, high-capacity electrolyzers, um, preferably 20 megawatt or bigger, because this is where we, start, uh, we see that the, uh, we need to move into the, the, the money business case-wise, so where we actually can make uh, hydrogen competitive. Um, and the, the, the centralized electrolyzers will then typically try to co-locate them next to um, other uses of hydrogen. So like the refinery we have in, in Fredericia in Denmark or industrial offtakers of hydrogen because then you have a, a customer taking a, a base load of the hydrogen and that m- improves the, the business case of the electrolyzer a lot. Our, our thinking are to have centralized large-scale electrolyzers and then distribute hydrogen from there to a number of stations and we build the stations where each of those stations is a sustainable business case by its own. So we're having enough customers that will uh, join forces with us to make uh, the business case work on one single station. And then we'll end up having a number of stations being served from the same electrolyzer. And then when we're in the situation where things have been growing, we'll be building more electrolyzers. So if we take the, the Danish example, so now we uh, we have some small electrolyzers. We are building a large one in the middle of Denmark. The next one coming is uh, a, a little smaller one in uh, east of of, uh, of Denmark. Then there will come one in the north, and so then you'll you'll add more and more electrolyzers okay. as capacity is uh, uh, or as the offtake is increasing.
0: Okay and what are the barriers of the develop of this development to, like how could you like failed and how could it doesn't work
1: um, well honestly i'm pretty sure that we know what to do on the heightened fuel Um so um, the greatest risk seen from our point of view are the lack of vehicles at the right quantity uh, quality and price um, and this is really where uh, politicians in throughout Europe need to make sure that they are not just asking for zero emission vehicles, but they are asking for a balance between battery electric and fuel cells. Because fuel cell electric vehicles provide something that the battery electric vehicles cannot. So the fuel cell electric vehicles, we can, uh, we can produce the hydrogen when we have renewable electricity available, like in Denmark, this is a lot of wind power, Uh, we can store the wind power for the days where it's not windy. And we can still fuel the buses or the trucks or the taxis, no matter if the wind is blowing or not. With battery electric, um, you'll need some backup power plants to supply uh, supply fuel for battery charging. And they will not necessarily be running on uh, on biomass that might even be running on some fossil fuels.
0: So we are not resolving the problem if... Yeah.
1: No, we are at least creating another problem. Yeah. And with hydrogen, we are, adding the, uh, we are adding the flexibility in between renewable energy production, whenever the renewable is available, and the usage of the green fuel.
0: Okay. And so, yeah, the big goal is to bring cars to bring it at the price and to bring it yeah, in the market and it's happening right now you see that, that it's happening from your perspective?
1: We see a, a, a constant growth in interest um, now with the uh, uh, with the Toyota's launch of the new Mirai and what we can really see that they made some big efforts moving ahead, we got Hyundai here, we have a, a number of, uh, of bus suppliers in Europe. Uh, they're currently challenged by battery electric Chinese buses which is a actually uh, another problem but also definitely a problem and we see um, a lot of uh, trucks now coming so um, they are in the prototyping pilot phase now Um, but we would definitely see trucking as being uh, a big part maybe the the major part of our business uh, from twenty
0: twenty five to twenty thirty. Yeah. And in te- when we are looking ten years, um, it will be a real business case with the falling the cost of hydrogen. Or what do you think? You think that uh, yeah, green hydrogen will really be competitive with great hydrogen, and it will be easier to make business case of it of of everything. Uh,
1: yes, I'm a very firm believer in, in in direct green hydrogen. I actually don't think that we need to go too much into uh, blue or gray or whatever um, I'm colorblind so I only see green mm-hmm. um, and we, we see path of making that competitive very early on
0: okay. yeah that's what's happening with all the growth yes exactly and
1: exactly and the um, a lot of the European markets or electricity markets they are not seeing huge fluctuations in electricity price In Denmark, we're actually seeing that. And that's fluctuations um, with the production of renewables. And we still have just roughly 50% of our power coming from wind. So So,
0: imagine more.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, So uh, when that's becoming uh, 70% by 2030, which is the ambition in Denmark, we will have very big challenges. uh, Because right now, if we are installing one more wind turbine in Denmark, we are actually just increasing our export of electricity when the wind is blowing, and we now see bottlenecks where we cannot export more of that electricity. So, with the uh, with the governmental plans of Denmark uh, of making uh, very big offshore wind parks, they are now considering the concept of uh, energy islands. They call it, yeah. and it would would basically be uh, higher than production offshore. And yeah. then, instead of making um, distribution of electricity into the shore, you are distributing hydrogen in the pipeline.
0: Because it's less expensive than cable.
1: It's uh, yeah, it's like r- roughly a tenth uh, in one of the repor- reports I started from uh, the Energy Decade. The Danish TSO. I think w- I think it was a tenth. I'm not exactly sure.
0: A Tenth a cab- yeah. uh, pipeline is a tenth than a cable
1: for the same energy to be transmitted, and then. With the pipeline, yeah. you're already getting some buffer, simply in the pipeline.
0: With some buffer.
1: A storage buffer. Okay. So, um, because the pipeline is uh, it's a tube, but it's a tube that can go a little up and down in pressure, which is actually giving some flexibility. Okay. And the, and then of course the now this should not be too much a, a Danish talk alone, but. In, in Denmark, we are now in a, a part of the green hydrogen hub in Denmark, where the ambition is to use a salt cavern, which is yeah. a, a storage below, uh, far, far down the ground, where you can actually uh, store hydrogen. Yeah. So basically, you use that as a very big cylinder to store, to store the gas. It's a very known concept for, uh, for natural gas, and now it's uh, slowly getting proven for hydrogen.
0: And this could be a cheapest, cheap, really cheap way to store.
1: Yeah, by far the cheapest way to store this.
0: Because yeah, if, if we just uh, concentrate ourselves on the cost of moving hydrogen today, because you take the idea of yeah building a trailer, how expensive is it to transport hydrogen?
1: Um, well, it it depends on a few factors, okay. mainly the distance. Okay. So the Why the f- well the kilometers you need to drive with your trailer. Yeah. At cost for the hydrogen you have on board
0: because of what of the price of the fuel the,
1: uh, uh, for the truck. That's one thing, and the uh, the driver cost for the truck, and and so there's simply a cost per kilometer whenever okay. you drive your truck. Okay. Um. So so what we're doing in Everfuel, we are maximizing our trailers for the biggest possible payloads uh, to get as much height as possible on our trailers, uh, and and then. Our philosophy is always to make uh, the biggest possible um, offtake of hydrogen. So, not just sell hydrogen for a small fleet, but for a big fleet of vehicles. Because then our um, the turnaround of our trailers are faster, and the more uh, the quicker turnaround you have of your trailers, the better your business case is.
0: Of course, of course. Can you explain us like what are your ambition? On this point, in how yeah, what what is going to happen in the next years?
1: Um, well, the uh, the ambition of Eurofuel, uh that's to sell uh, six hundred tons of hydrogen per day before twenty thirty, okay. which <laughs> will uh, give us a uh, a yearly revenue of a billion euros. Um, so that's uh, that's definitely an ambition. However, when we uh, are successful with that we will only have secured a quarter of the european fuel market okay. a quarter percent of the european well, fuel how
0: market. many fuel stations
1: uh, um, the, the number of stations we have not uh, yeah. disclosed um, it's it's more and because we will have some small some large stations so uh, we, we don't want to reveal what our intentions are there but just getting to that point, we need to fuel 10,000 buses, 10,000 trucks, 10,000 taxis, or the equivalent. That that's roughly 600 uh, tons. We need uh, hydrogen from two gigawatt electrolyzers to support that, and we are uh, what well, we will be doing investments of 1.5 billion euros in stations. Hybrid trailers and electrolyzers uh, in order to get there, um, which is substantial. Um, I think the, the the true important point, what uh, uh, that is, that the way we are setting up our business cases, um, we can actually make uh, the cases bankable today, and bankable makes it possible to finance them. So. It's not like we need to go for, to our investors on the, uh, on the stock exchange and say, please come with 1.5 uh, billion. Uh, we can actually do with just 20% of that. So 300 million euros, still a significant investment. But the, the remaining 80% will come from uh, loans and then public grants because there are um, definitely grants available and we are definitely pursuing them
0: interesting and today to uh, realize this goal uh, is there enough electricity capacity capacity ca- capacity yeah capacity, yeah,
1: capacity. Um, no that's not so in in, in order to uh, uh, to make this work um, well firstly Europe needs to make the shift like with uh, uh, the Paris agreement to go uh, uh, full zero emission by uh, 2050 so uh, replacing the electrical sector or electricity sector to be completely green is a challenge then also using electricity to produce mm, well basically all of our fuels for europe is a double challenge so europe will need to invest and install humongous capacities of renewable energy, so solar and wind Utilize all the hydro already available um, So and, and then when when doing that of course very large-scale electrolyzers will also be built of to harvest that renewable energy um, But no one will really have a good case in installing renewables if you don't have some assurance that you can use your electricity or you can sell your electricity either sell it to the electrical grid or use it yourself to produce hydrogen. And this is the uh, positioning game we actually see. is pretty interesting right now with so many uh, different energy companies, oil companies, gas companies, or just uh, developers wanting to invest massively in electrolyzers.
0: Yeah, to use, that. because yeah, today we're defaulting the cost of renewable energy, mm-hmm. It's like not much business case to invest in renewable. Yeah.
1: Well, That just business case becomes more and more challenging, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Also because the, uh, the support schemes around mm. Europe for solar and wind um, are almost gone. In some markets, this is now renewable energy installed without sub- uh, subsidies.
0: Okay. Yeah, so that's hard too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: then it becomes... Then it's a, a full commercial market, full competition, and having uh, electrolyzers to offtake your electricity.
0: Yeah, that you don't use. And that
1: you otherwise don't use, is important.
0: Of course. Okay. Thank you so much. You want to say something to, and if you think about.
1: Something? Uh, I well, I have a lot on my mind, as you can hear. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think we discussed a bit about that. Yeah, yeah, it's. Um, Oh, well we have a break-for-nobody attitude. It's all about uh, stop talking and really acting on hydrogen, and that's what we do.
0: Thank you so much. Cool. Pleasure
1: having you. <laughs>